Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen again. Today we're talking about anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and healing from that place. With us today is Shannon Roberts. Shannon is the founding editor of The Strange is Beautiful. The Strange is Beautiful offers accessible alternative self-help for mind obstacles with their blog, zines, and events. She's also a 500-hour trauma-informed yoga instructor. Online, she has yoga classes for anxiety, depression, and panic attacks, and creates weekly meditations on The Strangest Beautiful's Instagram. Hello, Shannon. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle Show. So good to have you here. Hey, I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, tell us about yourself, like your story with anxiety and yoga, how you found like this alternative self-help. Yeah, so I... I grew up with majority of my friends and family and myself having, you know, some sort of mind obstacle, whether it be anxiety, panic attacks. Um, you know, my uncle has schizophrenia. I had a couple friends with schizophrenia. And just everyone around me seemed to be struggling um, with things like that. And uh, it was only later when I was kind of meeting other people who don't struggle with that and don't know anybody who struggles with that, that I was... Um, kind of realizing through like studying Mm -hmm. with you know energy healing and with yoga that um like we we tend to draw people that are um either similar to us or that we are um looking for whether consciously or not so anyway it was um sort of a blessing that I was I got to be around um so many people who were struggling um like I was because I just got to see all the issues that there were like you know therapy doesn't work for everybody and um, pills like antidepressants like those don't work for everybody and so I was trying to find um, something else (laughs) I guess um, for people that either those don't work or maybe Mm -hmm. they need something extra along with um, more traditional methods of healing Um, so um, my mom actually was doing yoga. I thought it was really weird. <laughs> and I like saw my mom do, she brought me to a class. I think I was, I was probably in high school or something, maybe even in junior high school when I went to the first class. And um, I remember I saw my mom do a headstand and I was like, what is this? This is weird. <laughs> and I just never wanted to mm-hmm. go back. And um, I got... Um, pretty bad depression um like very suicidal in high school and I felt like I had no options like um I saw a therapist Mm -hmm. and they recommended um pills right away like it was very weird um because I felt like I wasn't giving options um and I wasn't even like Mm. educated about the pills I guess like that they had wanted to give me um and I was already addicted to like pills and um you know other things at the time so I was like I don't want to take another pill (laughs) sounds like a bad idea um obviously at that time being a high schooler I didn't um confide in that person that I was struggling with um you know like certain addictions as well um 
but so yeah. she probably wouldn't have recommended that from the get-go if she knew that so you just accepted it like did you take those pills i didn't take it i just mm-hmm. left and i never saw a therapist ever again mm-hmm. and um the only thing that i knew that i had heard of um besides like you know pills and therapy was um yoga my mom kept like chucking this dvd at me <laughs> all the time like this yoga dvd she's like do something you know because um yeah yeah and so um I was a ballet dancer before, so I was in a company, and um, I danced, you know, five days a week, plus um, rehearsals on weekends and productions and shows all the time, and, you know, like, production rehearsals could be, like, five hours a day or whatever, Um, so it was, like, a lot of dancing, and um, I got really injured and had to quit dancing, and so at the time that I was getting really depressed and... um, like uh, a lot of physical issues were going on and stuff that's when my mom was like do yoga like try this dvd because mm-hmm. um she didn't know like about the mental issues that was going on but she was just like you're not working out you need to do something <laughs> um mm. so she didn't really um know at the time how helpful that doing that would be for me but anyway i ended up trying it and um on my own every day um, whenever my mom wasn't home because I didn't want her to know that I was taking her advice. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) practicing in secret. Yeah, 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 with good old, what's his name, Rodney Yee, like, (laughs) um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, after that, I eventually I felt comfortable with like, oh, this is actually cool and um, ended up going to classes with my mom all the time and got recommended to a studio and right away I wanted to teach I was like this is making me feel so good and I know that I'm privileged enough to have like my mother pay for these classes for me but I Mm want to be able to give this to other people who can't you know they don't have the money and stuff so um, I went immediately into a teacher training and did another one and another one and now I'm here (laughs) yeah and I mean, you say that you do trauma-informed yoga. Is that different from normal yoga? How is it different when you're like doing yoga for anxiety and depression and panic attacks? So yoga for anxiety, depression, panic attacks, they're all very different. Um, when you go to a general yoga studio, the teacher will take into consideration the time of the year, you know, the specific um, time of the day. Um and uh, the general energy of the class when she or he or they, when whoever is coming in to teach whenever, um, they'll take a bunch of things into consideration to uh, create a general class for everybody. But they don't really know. Sometimes people will come up to them and be like, oh, I have a shoulder injury or, you know, oh, I'm, I had, you know, breast cancer and whatever. So some, sometimes people will tell you and that can be really helpful because you can, you know, then modify this general sequence for them Mm -hmm. but a lot of people with anxiety and depression don't feel comfortable being like yeah I have depression (laughs) or yes it's it's something you don't think that you should tell your yoga teacher yeah like I I wouldn't know you're supposed to change the yoga practice depending on that yeah yeah and it can be so it can be huge I've (laughs) I've had a lot of um panic attacks actually in uh yoga classes because I didn't either the Mm. teacher um either I did tell the teacher and they just had no idea what to do with me or um I didn't and they later were like oh you have that why didn't you tell me you know (laughs) um yeah so um one example like that is different I guess um so there are things called um 
like forward folds in yoga um and mm-hmm. for for yeah. yeah so like forward folds usually can be calming but sometimes for some students it can be a like a claustrophobic kind of feeling it can go um too into yourself um and people can get really freaked out from doing really deep forward folds so um yeah or um maybe also um like doing inversions sometimes that can be um too much for a student at first it can be like too stimulating and so inversions meaning like a like a handstand Mm -hmm. or a headstand or something like that so people will stick with um Mm -hmm. downward facing dog for students like that first like just to get them started I guess and see how they do with that because downward facing dog um is I is an inversion but they don't necessarily um it's like a gentle one yeah it's a gentle one um or even they might start them out with puppy dog and that's against the wall Mm -hmm. um because um that's even more gentle than um downward facing dog okay another thing um (laughs) this actually happened to me a lot and I've seen it when I'm teaching um sometimes um when I I don't think I understood it at first when I when I first first started teaching back in like 2012. Um, but the more I started teaching, I was like, oh, OK, like I get it. Um, sometimes when you're teaching a class um, and we're doing sun salutations, like sun salutations is something that um, if the students know this, that specific sequence, they'll just go into a flow and the whole class tends to do it pretty much um, in sync. And it's really cool to watch. Um, but, um, sometimes what happens is when a student has either, um, a lot of like rajasic energy or they are very anxious, um, and rajasic is, uh, you know, it's usually somebody who, if, if it's in regards to depression, it can be somebody who is often angry, has a stiff body, um, they, they tend to like to run and things like that, like do um, heavy weightlifting or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so someone who's like rajasic or very anxious in class, you might see them do their sun salutations really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just, or, or they'll add, um, they'll be the person that adds like extra like chaturangas yeah. and like do handstands in the middle. Because they want to work out even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they have way too much energy um, mm-hmm. uh, and they need to get it out. And so yeah. um, sometimes teachers um, who aren't like trauma informed, they'll see that and go, you're not listening. You know, you're like, oh. yeah. And so they won't understand and they'll be like, you need to like be with the rest of the class or um and I actually got called out one time and I had a huge panic attack at Yoga Works um, during a teacher training. There was a teacher, I don't remember her name, but she was having everybody going to an, an inversion. It was a headstand. And I had a lot of anxiety that day. And I had a prior whiplash in my neck. And I told her, like, you know, I'm really anxious today and I've had a whiplash in my neck. And I'm only supposed to do headstands if mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about it that day because mm-hmm. otherwise I'll have um, trouble swallowing. And that's like a legit thing. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. um, I was like, yeah, so I'm not, I'm going to do an, um, I'm just going to take legs up the wall instead so I can still get an inversion, but, um, you know, just in a different way. And yeah, and she was <laughs> really upset and let me do my own thing. That's weird for a yoga class, actually, because there's the teacher's supposed to let you do whatever you want. You would. It depends what type of yoga instructor you get. You would think that. I, I think see. that's more 
of a thing um, in like younger and newer trainings now and like Maybe. younger teachers yeah. because they're understanding that. But like a lot of teachers who maybe got their training in India and stuff like that, like, or they're a lot, um, they're just older and they had like, they got their trainings a while ago. Um, that's how it used to be. It's like, if you mm. don't listen to your teacher, you're being, you know, disobedient. And it's kind mm. of this weird, like elementary mm-hmm. school teacher feeling, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's like, um, I guess one thing. And, and, I don't know what yoga studio it is, but I actually noticed this one yoga studio for, they're very trauma informed there. And um, they have cards um, for each of the students and it has their name, their pronouns, which like no yoga studio does pronouns. Like that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And um, they also do, you can say if you want hands-on adjustments or not. And that's so important to have permission from a student. Um, to be able to touch them and stuff so yeah um yeah so anyway like that's just like a a few things I guess Mm -hmm. with why why it's different um and how it could be different in a class I see so it sounds like yoga's helped you a lot with like dealing with your personal anxiety do you have advice for people out there who deal with anxiety or depression where is a good place to start for them a good place to start that is a hard question to ask (laughs) I guess it's different for everyone on a case-by-case basis but what what about you and your journey what what helped you in those like first steps I guess I think what I've noticed within my own journey and then with my friend's journey is people tend to okay you know when I don't know if this happened to you but at least when I was little my mom and my dad were like I wonder what our child will like and so they were like let's put her in everything and see you know for a week like do a week of swimming and like Mm -hmm. a week of ballet whatever so they would see what I resonated more with Mm -hmm. and like she likes this let's let her do this Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what I feel like with when people are trying things um to figure out what works for the anxiety so um, people might go see the doctor and if they don't feel comfortable with the doctor, they might mm. never go back to the doctor, which is fine. Or they might see a different doctor. They might go, um, to a therapist that their friend recommended that their mm. friend is also seeing. And then if they don't like it, they might not go back. Um, and then they'll maybe try, um, you know, a yoga class or look up, um, online yoga if they have social anxiety and don't want to go into an actual class and they'll try like a dvd or or like a youtube video or something like that and so i think it's good to when you're first trying to figure out what's going on with your anxiety and depression to look at it very holistically um and to try you know dip dip into a, a bunch of different avenues and when you're doing that to also dip into yourself and when i'm like holistically and so what I'm saying that's like you know look at your sleep your food your relationships with people um with your family and don't ignore any aspect of your life and you know some aspects of your life might be more overwhelming to look at than others you know so um start with the ones that you can that you can deal with first Mm -hmm. and, and get those out of the way like okay I haven't been sleeping a lot Let's see what we can do about that. Maybe I can change my sleeping position. Maybe I can try melatonin. Um, You know, um, maybe I can try having like a very close friend of mine um, stay with me for a little bit so I can, you know, feel comfortable sleeping, Um, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, Yeah. So I think it's just looking at every like 
like when I first had um, anxiety and depression, that was one thing that I did a lot was constantly going, okay, you know, how are my relationships with my friends? And at that time, I actually got rid of a lot of friends because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I'm really struggling with like, you know, drugs, alcohol, and I can't be around these people right now right. because this is their life. And mm-hmm. so I had to leave a lot of people. And I told them, you know, honestly, I was like, you know, I love you all as friends and people, but like I need to leave. And they, some some of them got it and some of them didn't. And <laughs> um, you kind of just, you know, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And it'll be hard for a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but, but it's like yeah. taking back control of your life. Yeah, but taking back control of your life and like being okay with things changing. Like um I don't mm. I don't remember who it was who told me this, but I think I was making a lot of good changes in my life and I was like, "Why do I still feel terrible?" <laughs> and I was just mm-hmm. like, um and somebody said like, "Well, no matter whether you wanted to make that change or not, change is always really hard." Um so yeah. they were saying like, yeah, obviously you're going to be feeling a lot of emotions. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just going to have to go through it. There's no other way around it. Like change is going to happen. And I would say even if you don't try to make a change, like things will change naturally because change is the only constant, right? Yeah. I mean, the universe is very weird in that like if you're not making the change fast enough, the universe will force you to do it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That kind of happened with me a lot. I got acid reflux more than a year ago, and um, that was definitely 100% the universe telling me, you forgot this thing. <laughs> mm. Like, you yeah, need to get rid like of a this sign. thing. Yeah, and I yeah. did not listen, and it got really mm. bad. Um, and... Mm. Um, you know, I was in the ER a lot for a while. And then I finally listened. I was like, oh, <laughs> this. Okay. And like, yeah. have like gone. But it's know, nice that bit. now you're finally listening and you get it. Because I do believe the universe and your body is always trying to communicate with you. It's just whether you pay attention or not. Yeah, I think so. A while ago, when I, before I made The Strangest Beautiful self-help guide, um, I had made like a tiny um, zine. And that was of my story at the time. And my story at the time consisted, like, there's a page that says, like, my roots. And it consisted of, like, um, you know, it's, like, genetics, physical pain, you know, bullying from school. And I, like, named all these things holistically that I noticed that um, I thought led to my anxiety and depression. Um, but oftentimes, even when you're listening to your body, um, there can be such a cognitive dissonance within somebody that it takes a long time for the body to change how they feel in their mind about something Mm -hmm. that's maybe not good for them that they should be getting rid of or leaving and stuff yeah so um so when I had made that zine there was like one huge aspect of my life that now looking back I'm like how did I not know like how did I not how did I not write was that part um that that time um well it was family thing so like I'm Mm. Latina I come from a Peruvian family I'm part Peruvian part white Mm. but never knew my dad's family so I always Mm. considered myself like Peruvian because that's all I knew you know um Mm -hmm. but being raised Hispanic I'm not sure about other cultures I think it is similar in other cultures but um being raised Hispanic they tell you you know family's everything and family stays together and family stays united. So Mm -hmm. we could have, you know, 
it didn't matter if like our uncle had you know like did something bad to our cousin or like you know it didn't matter whatever happened in our family we still would all get together on christmas <laughs> yeah. um and so, yeah. so that was something that within my family um it was my brother and everybody around me saw that he was very abusive to me um and i didn't put it together because within my family it's like well this is a family issue you know you guys are just you guys are just being siblings and you know this this is just a family matter and you have to keep it quiet and don't tell anybody and um Mm -hmm. this stays in the family and we all love each other like you love him so um Mm -hmm. you know growing up with that um I think obviously that was I didn't I didn't even think like oh like that's totally a reason like why I'm not feeling good and stuff um but I didn't think about it because it's like oh it's just family that's just how it is brushed it off yeah Uh, yeah uh, I see and then you had like an aha moment when you realized that caused some issues right (laughs) yeah um because I kept getting I kept getting sicker and sicker and um Mm. uh I think um there was kind of just like this last straw and I was like, yeah, I'm getting a lawyer and like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and so to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. I had to get out. Um, oh, actually, you know what the aha moment was? It was actually for strange is beautiful. I just remembered, um, mm. I do a lot of interviews and at the time I was making this, it was, it's kind of like funny what that I was doing it. Um, I was making a music video on domestic abuse. Um, not, mm-hmm. For my not because I thought I was going through that, but because my brother had actually gone through that with um, his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. um, and a lot of my friends had gone through similar situations. So I was like, this is important. This happens a lot, and I want to do this. So anyway, in the process of that, I was also making a zine to go along with it. And one of the people I interviewed, um, she was talking about. I I didn't know before the interview that it was going to be about her brother, but I got there and it was about her yeah. brother. And she's like saying all these things that her brother did to her. And I was listening and I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that happens to me, too. Yeah. I was like that. You that has a name like I didn't. I just had no idea. And I just thought like, you know, domestic. I always thought that was like with the relationship, you know, I didn't understand it at the time until I started really doing interviews and stuff. But anyway, I I like left. I was like, yeah, I got to (laughs) go. And I was like, felt really <sighs> sick. And I was like, oh my God, like my whole life. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, it was definitely a moment where. It's so funny how like things could be right in front of you and you don't realize it <laughs> you're blind to it or you brush it off. And I mean, I guess that's another time where a universe gave you a sign like, hey, yeah. look at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. Like, realize what's going on. Yeah, literally so grateful mm-hmm. <laughs> that that happened. Um, I mean, wow. it still took me a while to get out of it after that. I was still really sick for a while. But um, but yeah, like and when I finally did, like, yeah, today is actually the first day that um. Like this morning, I was like, you know, I feel like doing a full yoga practice. I haven't, I mm. like, I haven't been able to um, do like a full physical yoga practice because obviously yoga has a lot of different aspects to it. But mm-hmm. um, like, I, I've always done like this extremely modified yoga practice since uh, maybe since May because of the acid mm-hmm. reflux. 
Um, so like yeah. with acid reflux, you can't lie down on your back. You can't do twists. Uh, you can't be upside down. So like, that's like a lot of yoga. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, today, this morning, I was like, oh, let me try it. And it was actually the first time that I, I felt fine. So I was like, wow, Yay, this is cool. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's super nice. Yeah, it's just, you know, healing process. It can... I think that's something also, I don't know, for whoever is listening and stuff, for for the healing process, it's important to know that things will get better, um, but sometimes they take a long time to get better um, mm-hmm. fully. But you, like, you know, with time, you will slowly notice. Like, with the whole, you know, thing with my sibling and stuff, um, when it happened, when I, when I had that, like, aha moment, it was like I went through, you know, crying a lot and just like being super confused. And then, you know, the crying really helped to heal from that and find clarity and strength mm-hmm. to, you know, get like freaking get out of there. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And when I did leave, I had like in September, I moved in with my boyfriend and I haven't had a panic attack since then. Mm. Um, literally wow. none. I used to get panic attacks three times a day and like mm-hmm. none just moved yeah. out <laughs> so um so it was the environment and everything that you were yeah that's so interesting that you didn't put it together but it tells me a little bit about anxiety that it's not easy to find the root of your anxiety and it's different for everyone but I think once you have awareness to where you think it might come from then you can start to heal and, and move through it yeah right yeah because yeah because like you know I thought I was fine you know Mm -hmm. I just thought like oh I get sick a lot but like this is as good as it's gonna get (laughs) (laughs) that's just kind of what I thought Uh. because I was so much better than what I like I I wasn't you know suicidal Mm -hmm. anymore and like I wasn't getting panic attacks three times a day anymore I would get them sometimes Mm -hmm. like I would get them like once or twice a month so I was like that's pretty good you know (laughs) I'll I'll live with this (laughs) um so yeah and so I think um like I had dug through all these other things in my life mm-hmm. that like gotten rid of it for years and years, like since I was like 16. And mm-hmm. so I would like go through stages where like I felt amazing and then the universe would say, but you forgot this. Let's mm. go over this. And I would feel bad again. Yeah. And then I'd feel amazing. <laughs> well, I think you have so, to, I mean, it's, it's a process. It's a hard process to like look at those dark parts of yourself or go back. And it's not easy, but I think you have to go through the hard part in order to, to be happy and heal yourself. In yeah. The future. Yeah. Yeah. I think confronting like, okay, so I don't, I, I guess this is something that we talked about a lot in like yoga training. There's a lot of different types of ways to meditate right and so and you know to do yoga and sometimes um or a lot of times people will go to yoga and they just want to escape it's this like escape thing and they want to feel good in the class um and one of my teachers would say um she's kind of like an older school um instructor um but she's interesting but she was just like that's not yoga that's not the work I you know I disagree and I think it's one type like sometimes Mm. you need that you need to just be like calmed and in this like you know sort of like bundled up in a blanket feeling you know you need that sometimes for a little bit to start Mm. out with 
But then, yeah, I think slowly like taking those steps of doing different types of med- like my friend gave me a meditation that was really hard for me for a while. And it was a type of meditation where you're confronting those darkness, like one darkness mm. at a time kind of thing. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, I think uh, that can be really hard for people. And um, I actually yeah. had um, a lot of um, panic attacks trying to play music again since um there were a lot of things going on, but one of the things was definitely my um, my brother, since he was, like, so verbally abusive to me, um, and he had, like, we both grew up playing music together. We were in bands mm-hmm. together, you know. He was my producer for a while. It was it was, it was a lot. Um, so when I would try mm-hmm. to play music, like, even just, like, touching the piano, I would get mm-hmm. panic attacks. If somebody was in a car with me and they put music on, I would say, turn it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I didn't want to listen to it and um it was like wow. if somebody said oh what do you do and I'm like oh I'm, I'm a musician or whatever and they're like oh that's so cool so you um so what kind of music do you listen to it's like oh I don't listen to music I hate music and it was just like it didn't make any sense <laughs> yeah and so um that's strange yeah but you associated like the trauma of like his abuse with music I mean I didn't know at the time like that that's yeah. what was going on but definitely that's what was yeah. going on um but yeah. um but the reason I brought that up was because um I really so badly wanted to get back into being able to play music again because my mm-hmm. mom you know she grew up in a village in Peru and she didn't have the opportunity to play music or to take dance lessons or anything so she had me do that and gave me this you know skill and it turned out to be a gift that I had and stuff and so I was mm-hmm. like I'm wasting this like I need to be able to do this again and so I would um take steps to confront it so I would like put on um you know a Radiohead song like and Radiohead was and still is a band that I like love and I fell in love with them like mm-hmm. I don't even remember how old I was but whatever it was one of those bands that was like this is my band you know <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. yeah and so I would like put on a Radiohead song and listen to it for like you know 30 seconds and then you know feel like I'm gonna have a panic attack and then turn it off and be like this is okay like you're just in a room you're just with a Radiohead song like nothing bad is happening and so I would do that like I would literally like literally schedule it into my day to confront this and make it longer and longer like easing yourself into the song yeah easing myself into uh either like you know like listening to music and like being okay with that Mm -hmm. and like um you know like making sure to stop the music when I feel like it's too much and to like talk to Mm -hmm. myself about it like you know what was too much about that and what just came Mm -hmm. up when you were listening to it um and then um I would slowly do the same thing with playing piano I was really scared to touch the piano which is like my main instrument and so um yeah I would slowly go and try to just like like okay let's play an old song of yours like something that hasn't been recorded Mm -hmm. um or and then I'd go into something that has been recorded and just play around with it. Um, and yeah, just little at a time, um, little doses mm-hmm. at a time to confront it. I actually really love that. And I feel like listeners out there can apply that to different areas of their life. Because it's, it's all about like slowly like trying, like inching your way into it, but being gentle with yourself. Kind of like you feeling where the line is too much because I think people can do this with their fears anything that's scary to them it's not like like you don't have to like dive into the water but you can like slowly slowly ease yourself into it so that you be 
the un- uncomfortable starts to become more comfortable. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I actually mm-hmm. have done that. Um, just I guess another example, so I guess people could see it not just with this music example. Is I also right now um, I've been dealing with a, a food phobia. That's like my new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. um, so with that, um, I. I would get really anxious about eating in general like I was like oh my god I'm gonna get an allergic reaction because I was in the ER so many times so it's just like everything that yeah it scares you yeah anything that I was gonna be ingesting whether it was a pill or like anything that's going in my body I was very scared um so anyway like that was something that again I did like in slow doses I'd be like okay so these are the foods that I feel comfortable with that I've eaten since I was little (laughs) so Mm -hmm. we're gonna start with these ones and I you know stuck with that and like okay I'm good with these foods I'm gonna add another one and I would you know Mm. I would try adding things like slowly and slowly and like um like later I was like you know um oh actually um so for Strangest Beautiful I have a staff one of my staff members she lives in Colorado she came to visit me um I'll have to have her listen to this podcast. She'll love the story. But um, uh, she came to visit me and um, she was like, oh, like, I'm kind of hungry. Is there somewhere I can go eat? Like, do you want to go out and eat? And like that question gives me so much anxiety, like especially at that time. So I was like, "Uh, um, I don't know. Like I I make all my food, you know. She's like, oh, well, I I need to go get food. So you want to come with me? I was like, sure. And so I suggested her this place that I used to eat at. And it's like, oh, this Thai place was great. Um, you should go. And we go. And um, uh, I looked at the menu and I was like, oh, they have sushi. And I was thinking of what? There's food paranoia with me, but there's also like stuff that I actually can't eat right now because of acid reflux. So I was like kind of taking that both into consideration when looking at the menu. And I was like, oh, they actually have like sushi at a Thai restaurant. Like that's kind of weird, but whatever like I think that's something I can actually eat right now Mm -hmm. so I ordered sushi and um I didn't eat it with her there because I was too anxious I took it to go (laughs) um but when I got home uh my boyfriend was like you got sushi who is this for me and I was like no um it's for me and he's like oh my god cool (laughs) you're gonna eat something that you didn't cook (laughs) and it was like a big deal and I was like uh yeah like I am uh and he's like okay just you know let's do it together and I was like okay (laughs) yeah and like like, I had that and so now I've been like you know eating sushi and later I had so everything was okay oh yeah everything everything was fine yeah no I was totally fine I felt fine like I've been eating like I went to my boyfriend's Seder and I had food that his aunt made and I went, you know, across the street and had this, like, gluten-free baklava that I could eat. Like, I've been, like, you know. So it took me a while. But, like, Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, that was another thing, like, slowly. Like, a lot of people will try to push you, you know, in your healing process. Like, just do it already. You know, just eat it or, like, just work out or just take this class. And people will be very pushy. And you have to be okay with saying no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not ready. Thank you for your advice. Mm, And I'll take into consideration and do research. Like I, I, I've had actually, um, some people be really pushy to me about trying weed, which is funny because like, I used to be a total stoner and it's like, and and they're like, you know, people will still press it on me just because I don't like smoke anymore or they didn't know that I used to. Um, so yeah, like it's happened a lot and I just, I don't know. I just, 
I'm so used to it now. It's okay to say no and go at your own pace with whatever that you're doing. Yeah. Because only you know what's okay for yourself. Yeah, I think um, it can feel a little embarrassing at the like for some people, like because I've I've personally felt that like when people like oh just try it and I'm just there like I feel really embarrassed. I'm like oh they're gonna think I'm really weird that I just I won't even try it you know but um, mm-hmm. it's not that it's just that you know you don't have to in that moment and you can try whatever you want whenever you want (laughs) so it's your body yeah 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 yeah. awesome well thank you so much shannon lastly where can our listeners find you online for the strangest beautiful stuff you can find me at thestrangestbeautiful.com also on instagram that would be our main like Mm -hmm. social media platform so at the strangest beautiful for that and yeah that's where you can find me (laughs) cool well thank you so much i hope everything goes well with you and that you slowly heal on your own journey on your own path thank you thank you so much for having me and i don't know if anyone has any questions about anything that we talked about today uh feel free to reach out you can email me i'm always open to talking to other people All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye.